0: This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago issuesetc.org Over the last several years parents have had the sinking feeling that there are those out there in society in our schools in our government regulatory agencies who actually believe that they know better how to raise their kids than the parents themselves. So it's pervasive. Do we need parental rights legislation? The Supreme Court has spoken on this issue about it being a fundamental right in the United States of America, a constitutional right that parents ought to be the ones who have the say over how their children are raised, but do we need an amendment to that effect? Welcome back to Issues Etc. Joining us to talk about parental rights legislation in the U.S. Congress, William Estrada. He's a husband, father, and attorney, and he's president of parentalrights.org and the Parental Rights Foundation. William, welcome back.
1: Great to be on, thank you.
0: What are parental rights? How would you describe them? I would describe
1: them the way the Supreme Court said them. In the case of Troxell versus Granville in 2000, so 23 years ago, here's what the Supreme Court said. The liberty interest at issue in this case, the interest of parents in the care, custody and control of their children is perhaps the oldest of the fundamental liberty interests recognized by this court. That's kind of lawyer talk. What does that mean? That means as a fundamental liberty interest, this predates the Constitution. It's what our founders would say are the laws of nature, are inalienable rights. And that is that the family is the building block of society, that loving moms and dads, loving parents, they are the ones who get to raise their children and they don't have the government telling them what to do. That is the heart of what parental rights are.
0: How and where are parental rights endangered today?
1: Oh my goodness. So, our organization was founded 16 years ago, parentalrights.org and the Parental Rights Foundation. And honestly, for the first 14 years, it was kind of difficult to tell people that parental rights needed to be protected, whether with a US constitutional amendment or state legislation or in the courts. They all said, oh, parental rights are protected. And it wasn't until really the pandemic and parents working from home and Zoom school that suddenly parents realized, we are not respected by the schools, by government bureaucrats, by... um quote unquote, the elite and the experts. And that's really where the battle lines were drawn. Now, these are not new battles. You can go all the way back into Greek philosophy. It was Plato who said that children should be in common and that the state should be in charge. It was actually Aristotle who disagreed and who said that the family is the building block of society. But then you know, even 100 years ago, we had cases like Meyer versus Nebraska, where Nebraska had passed a law saying parents couldn't teach their kids in a different language, or 1925, Pierce versus Society of sisters wear Oregons egged on by the KKK passed a law saying that private and homeschools were illegal and everyone had to go to public school. So these fundamental battles of who should decide how children are raised, educated, cared for are not new. I think what we've seen in recent years, however, is that they've become much more commonplace. It's not just eggheads in ivory towers saying that parental rights shouldn't be respected. It's our local school boards. It's some of the major political parties in Washington, D.C., And that's why we've seen these battles in in schools over children being educated or told things behind their parents' backs. And it seems like Some some of our elected officials don't care, and that really has drawn the battle lines of how parental rights are being endangered today. We could have an entire podcast also talking about parental rights in the context of medical issues and medical decisions or parental rights in the context of child welfare investigations. And all of these are current threats to parental rights in our country today.
0: Did the overturn of Terry McAuliffe in, in Virginia, did that wake people up nationally about this issue?
1: You know, that is a great question. Our organization, parentalrights.org and the Parental Rights Foundation were actually headquartered in Loudoun County, Virginia, which five years ago, everyone said, oh, wow, well, Loudoun County is some of the best public schools in the nation. Today, everyone's seen our ridiculous school board meetings and read the stories about our ridiculous school board. For our listeners who may not be aware of this in, in Virginia, in 2021, we had our governor election. Glenn Youngkin was running against Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe was actually a former governor who was running for, he had been several Several years out of government and he decided I want to be back in in the governor's mansion and at a debate he said I don't think parents should be deciding what goes on with their kids in public schools and it was an incredibly tone-deaf moment. Glenn Youngkin, a political newcomer, seized on it, and it's widely credited, that that line that Terry McAuliffe said in that debate, which actually for three days he doubled down on until he realized how bad the polling was, and then he tried to walk it back, but the damage was done, that is credited as what single-handedly destroyed Terry McAuliffe's campaign. And of course, Glenn Youngkin, a Republican, won in a state that Donald Trump had just lost by, I think, 10 or 15 points a year before. It helped is probably the best I can say here. It seems oftentimes that when the issue is not right in people's faces, they forget about it. And that's part of what we're doing at the Parental Rights Foundation of telling people we can't just rest on our laurels. I think a lot of the anger then was that kids were not in the schools and the schools were shut down and Zoom schools were not doing well for kids, and kids were not doing well academically in them. And so when that changed and the schools went back in, some of the parents kind of stopped paying attention. And we are talking to parents, we're working with them, and we're saying, no, we need to continue to press forwards to protect our fundamental, God-given liberty of parents to direct the education, upbringing, care, nurture of our children. Tell us about the Parental Rights Amendment. We are thrilled to announce that the Parental Rights Amendment to the United States Constitution has been reintroduced. When our organization was founded 16 years ago, that was our single purpose, to try and amend the United States Constitution to put right there, along with right to free speech, right to religious assembly and religious exercise, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment protection of your home, your car, your person from government search and seizure unless there's a warrant, trial by jury, all of the rights that we take take for granted as Americans, but to put parental rights into the black and white of the U.S. Constitution. So that was our single issue 16 years ago. And today, while we're doing more with litigation, with state legislation, we are thrilled to again be reintroducing the Parental Rights Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor. It's Debbie Lesko. She's a mom of three from Arizona. Representative Lesko has really championed this because she sees firsthand that we need to protect parental rights. Again, this God-given right doesn't come from government. It predates government. We need to put this into the black and white of the U.S. Constitution. We've got multiple co-sponsors so far. We have Jeff Duncan from South Carolina, Jim Banks from Indiana, Mary Miller from Illinois, Greg Stubbe from Florida, Bill Posey from Florida, Doug Lamberne from Colorado. I just saw today that multiple other co-sponsors have been added. It's House Joint Resolution 38, Our listeners can just go on congress.gov and pull it up and look at it for themselves. You can also visit parentalrights.org to see current updates on the text of the amendment. But what it would simply do is just put in the black and white of the Constitution that the liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their children is a fundamental right. Now, it's important to note this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's hard to amend the U.S. Constitution, but we think this is so important that even if it takes years to do, that is worth doing.
0: Have you encountered any
1: opposition to it? We've not yet to the parental rights amendment, but here's the caution that I would say. In 2012 and 2014, two Congresses back to back, we had hearings in the House Constitution subcommittee. We're gearing up for hearings again this year. And I I recently went back and I looked at the transcript from these hearings. Not one witness against the parental rights amendment said that it was a bad idea. In fact, they all said, oh, you know, protecting parental rights is a great idea. But again, in 2012, 2014, they said, we just don't need to do it. This is a solution in search of a problem. And I am wondering if that is what they'll say this time. I fear that this time there'll be people who will come out in the testimony in Congress and say parental rights should not be protected and that the amendment is a bad idea. We've seen that because, as I said, the amendment is the marathon, not a sprint. Right now, we're working on state legislation all around the country to pass state laws to protect fundamental parental rights that can protect parental rights right now while we're working on the constitutional amendment. And frankly, it's been trench warfare. There has been a concerted effort to defeat these bills. Just a few years ago, these were bipartisan bills. Now they've been highly partisan because we have one major political party coming out and saying parental rights should not be protected. It's a troubling time. It's also an exciting time though as we're seeing parents waking up and this becoming a top voting issue and a top issue coming up in surveys that parents across the political spectrum are saying we want our parental rights protected.
0: Does the amendment have a realistic chance of adoption eventually?
1: Eventually, yes. In the next two to four years, no. Congress is dysfunctional, which is, again, why we're putting a lot of our work right now at the state legislation. I think there are 18 states so far that have introduced fundamental parental rights bills just this session. I've been going around the country testifying in support of them. Already in the past couple decades, 15 states have passed these laws. So we're looking at a real possibility that just in 2023, we could double the number of states that have these state laws. So short answer, no. The amendment is probably not going to become part of the U.S. Constitution in this Congress or even the next Congress. And that's why we're working on the state legislation to protect parental rights right now. It's why we're working on litigation and amicus briefs, which are friend of the court briefs in, in these important cases. But this is so important. The right of parents as opposed to government bureaucrats to be able to make decisions for their children is something that's so important that we're not going to let the current political dysfunction in Washington, D.C. keep us from this. We are mobilizing and marshalling parents and grandparents and concerned citizens all around the country. And it might take a while. I think anything that's worth doing is worth doing well, and sometimes you'll have challenges. But I have no doubt that one day, we will get the Parental Rights Amendment ratified to the U.S. Constitution.
0: What is the Parents' Bill of Rights Act?
1: That's a great question. That is H.R. 5. It's been reintroduced by Representative Julia Letlow from Louisiana. And H.R. 5 is, how I would characterize it, is it's a way to protect parents parental rights in public schools right now while we're working on the state legislation, the fundamental parental rights bills, while we're working on the long-term solution, which is the parental rights amendment to the United States Constitution. HR 5 is, it should be a bipartisan bill. I mean, it frankly says schools have to ensure that teachers meet with parents, that curriculum. Again, these are public schools, our tax dollars are paying for it. That curriculum is available to parents who want to look at it. That state laws are being respected that allow parents to opt their children out of age inappropriate curriculum. So some of the parade of horribles that we've seen from opponents of HR five, that it will end public education as we know it, it's just, that's not going to happen. These are common sense principles that just ensure that parents are able to protect and engage with their children. and. what's going on in the school setting so i encourage our listeners to just look at hr5 it's again on congress.gov you can find information on our webpage as well it's a common sense bill it was it was uh, marked up in the house education and workforce committee actually just this morning and so we're thrilled to uh, see that it will probably get a vote and probably pass the house of representatives in the near future citizens who want to weigh in can always call the capitol switchboard at 202 224-3121, and let their U.S. representative know what they think about H.R. 5 and
0: the Parents' Bill of Rights Act. With about a minute here, make the case that these two pieces of legislation are necessary.
1: It really is a fundamental question. What is the best way to protect children? Is it government bureaucrats? There are well-meaning government bureaucrats. There are teachers who are really good, but I believe that the person who loves a child the most, who knows that child the best, is that child's parent. Our motto is the best way to protect children is by empowering parents. And whether it's HR5, the Parents' Bill of Rights Act, whether it's the long-term solution, the parental rights amendment, whether it's state legislation, All of this is geared towards protecting children by empowering parents.
0: William Estrada is a husband, a father, and an attorney. He's president of parentalrights.org and the Parental Rights Foundation. Find out more about the Parental Rights Foundation at issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. William, thank you.
1: It's an honor to be on. Thank you for having me.
0: Thursday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Jill Duggar-Vullo about coming out of Bill Gothard fundamentalism. And we'll respond to your email, talkback at issuesetc.org, and the Issues Etc. comment line, 618 223 8382. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening.
1: Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener supported program.